We all crave connection. At our core, we all want to feel loved and understood. Hi, I'm Nechami, founder of Carmala Cosmetics, a company that produces high-performance natural beauty products and is dedicated to uniting and empowering women through the power of color. This is We Are Women, a podcast where women speak their truth and celebrate their victories. This podcast came about as a way to give a voice to all women because we all have stories to share. It's a place where we'll learn about each other and ourselves, dive into important issues that affect us, discover all that we have in common, and make some memories. So pour yourself a glass of red and get comfortable. Every night is ladies' night, and we are women. I had the pleasure of interviewing Andrea Shainer, who is the executive producer for Fox 17 Morning Mix in Grand Rapids, Michigan. I sent Andrea some lipsticks a couple of years ago, which she featured on her show, and then met her virtually last year when did some segments on the show. Andrea is one of those people who is full of life, fantastic energy, and warmth, and who just makes you feel so comfortable. And that's something that I noticed right away when I tuned in to go live because it was my first time, I was extremely nervous, and even to this day when I have a segment on Fox 17 Morning Mix, I look forward to hearing her voice as she wishes me good morning and we chat for a minute before I go live. She really has a way of removing that edge of nervousness. During tonight's interview, Andrea shares her journey of how she got to where she is today as an executive producer for a Fox affiliate morning show. She spoke about her teenage goals of working in TV coming true and why she continues to set goals for herself today. She also spoke about self-care, balancing motherhood with a career, and the moment she realized that she had to start taking better care of herself. Andrea also spoke about not being afraid to ask for help. She also shared her experience with being told to look different to get onto TV, trying to fit a certain on-air image. She shared the messages that she wants to convey to women and behind the scenes of the TV industry. I can't wait for you to hear Andrea's story, learn, and be inspired. As a child, I was always bubbly, always had a smile on my face. Um, you would always catch me dancing around the store, dancing on the sidewalks, um, just had that, that vibrant energy, um, always wanting to please people, uh, always um, just wanting to do better for myself and for others, always trying to find out how can I help another person? What can I do? Um, and I think too, I was, I was always talking. I don't think my mom could ever get me to be quiet. I was somebody that just had something to say and I wanted to say it and I'd say it. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Yeah. yeah and your, your warmth is so obvious. Cause like, it's funny when I, when I first met you, virtually, whatever, um, well, heard your voice really in my ear. <laughs> um, I immediately felt, I was so nervous to be on TV because you guys were the first show that I was on. And when you said like, you're good morning to me, I was like, oh, like, it's all going to be good. Like, she's so sweet. Like, it was so warm just talking to you. And that makes so much sense that you were like that as a child. And, and that's the thing, like, especially in the business that I'm in, like you, you have to be that one person that can make someone feel comfortable because I feel like being on TV or doing something like that, something like that, that is that you've never done before. That can be so scary. I mean, the camera, the lights, I mean, even just being from home, not knowing what to expect. So um, I'm just really glad that I can be that one person. We did, even though like, I can't like 
hold your hand physically. I feel like I hope people know that virtually, like I, I want to calm them down and let them know, like, you're going to be amazing. And this is going to be, you know, and most people that come on too, they want to talk about things that are truly important to them that they embrace. Um, so I wanted them to be able to know that you just need to be yourself. Um, when you're on air with us and, and just tell your story. And that's truly what comes out most of the time. Totally, totally. It's like it all starts from within. So exactly. Like, yeah, they got the top really. So you're, you're the executive producer. So it comes down exactly. from you. You give that right. energy. Yeah, that's so cool. I love that. Yeah, absolutely. And that's something that we really, you know, with, you know, my lifestyle show that I've always, we've always thought it's very important, like the customer service and just how do we treat others, um, you know, that, that are part of everything that we do. And so that's something we truly, we really believe in and really try hard to, to make everyone feel comfortable and, and know that, hey, we've got you, we've got you through this whole thing. Yeah, I totally felt that. I'm sure other people do. Yeah. So is, that, is being a TV producer something that you always wanted to do? Was this like your childhood dream? How did you get into it? Oh my gosh. I think I definitely wanted to. I always used to say my favorite book when I was little was Harriet the Spy. I was always, I wanted investigative. I wanted to know everything that was going on. Um, I always remember there was, I had neighbors next door. They were always, they were older, like probably college kids. I always remember kind of peeking out a little bit over the window. I had to see everything that they were doing. And so I guess that investigative part's always, you know, been a part of me. I've always wanted to know what's going on. So I think that's kind of what really started my wanting to do more things in journalism, reading, writing was always my stronger suit, not necessarily mathematics, um, <laughs> but definitely the reading and writing. And I think finally it kind of hit me uh, my first year of high school. We had a television studio and I said, OK, I'm going to join. I want to give it a try. Uh, literally, it was like night and day. I fell head over heels for, for being on TV. So literally the four years that I was in high school, I was part of our news program, uh, was behind the scenes, was a director, was a producer, um, even got called to do special things for like our county news station. And then I was like, OK, like I really like what I'm doing and I'm, I'm, I'm going to do this. So ended up um, going to college and that's exactly what I majored in was, you know, telecommunications or communications. And so it's really been a dream of mine. And it's really funny, too, because I had a, um, a little letter that I had written to myself or had put stuff down that my mom saved for me. And uh, one of the things was, is I, I want to be in the TV business. I want to continue that career. And so she actually framed it for me. And for my 40th birthday in August, she sent it to me. And I was like, wow. I was like to think that back in high school, I had written that this is what I wanted to do was to be in TV. And to think I'm still in TV, like 20 plus <laughs> years later, still doing this. Um, it was, I was like, okay, like, that's pretty cool. Like not many people maybe can say that they've really stuck with one thing. So it's just, I think always been ingrained, always um, loved being part of the fast pace and everything like that. And, and even though now I'm kind of more, you know, backseat and more lifestyle, just, I've always wanted to, to, to do this. So yeah, as so a long story short, it's definitely been something that I've just, I've loved. Wow. That's so cool. Where did you grow up by the way? I grew up in Maryland. So I was on the East coast there. I went to college at Ball State University, and the reason I chose that is my high school teacher, the one that was actually um, in charge of my television producing program, said, you know what, I went to Ball State. They have a really great communications program for everything you want to do. And I went out there, and I know my parents were like, oh, my gosh, you're going like 10 hours away from home. This is crazy. But as soon as I got out there, I knew that my freshman year, I could actually 
be part of the campus TV station. I could be on air. I could do all the behind the scenes work where a lot of the other schools I was looking at was more like, okay, we're just going to have you do a couple like book, book work, book study for the first couple of years. And you really couldn't get into the TV studio to have that hands-on experience until your junior or senior year. So I was like, nope, I'm going to go to Ball State. I'm going to go 10 hours away. But knowing what I wanted and knowing that that first year I was going to get hands-on experience was really important to me. So that's where I ended up there. And now I'm here up in Michigan. Wow. The letter that you wrote, I guess to yourself, right? Yeah. It sounds like a journal. Like I'll do it sometimes for things that I hope to accomplish. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and honestly, it's a funny thing. I still, I still do that to myself. Like I writing little journalistic notes and things like a couple years ago, I actually wrote down like five goals that I needed to accomplish by the end of the year. Like I'm very much, I'm very goal oriented <laughs> up to bottom. And I ended up doing, I got, I think got four out of the five. And then the following year, I actually ended up completing like that last one. And that was like huge for me. So I feel like every year there's kind of one little goal, one little thing that I always kind of like set aside for myself. And that's just part of that, that journaling part. And I, and I love doing that. <laughs> were you thinking consciously that you were trying to manifest it? Was it kind of like a manifestation journal or was it more just like goals? More just like goals, I think. And also too, though, just to like keep me going, keep me, you know, I have three kids that I love to death. We are busy. We are always running around these days. And I felt like, I think at one point I was like, okay, I feel like I've, you know, I'm we're constantly doing things for them, which is great. And I, I love that. But there was at one point it kind of hit me like, okay, like I need to do something kind of for myself too. And I think that kind of all kind of came together in that conglomerate of just listing some goals and trying to accomplish it. But, but doing every single one of those goals, I think I really learned to a lot about myself and I think by learning about myself, I've been able in turn to give a lot more to my family and to my friends too. So it's been, it's been interesting, just little things like that, how I can really, you know, change your life. Yes, for sure. And I love how you brought that up, by the way, about taking care of yourself, because as women so often, and, and you know that I talk about this, that we, we almost kind of neglect ourselves because we're taking care of everyone around us. Also, you mentioned how you were a little, a little bit of a people pleaser, so you want to make everyone happy. So how did you get out of that and, um, you know, just really start taking care of yourself? Like, how did you shift your mindset? Well, you know, that was the thing. I always very much said yes, yes, yes to everyone. And I think there came to one point where I wouldn't say my health was declining, but I was tired all the time. I didn't want to do anything with anybody. Um, there was even a point where I just, it just kept going like, like everything I wanted to do, or I thought I wanted to do, I was like, okay, I just can't do this anymore. I wasn't happy. Things weren't, it just felt a real low at one point. And I finally turned to myself and was talking to friends and like, you know, sometimes you have to just be okay with saying no, you have to be okay with reprioritizing things in your life. And it's going to be hard, but you have to find a way to do that to make yourself a better you and to keep yourself healthy in the long run. And I finally just kind of came around and hit me. So I feel like this time I'm a lot better with the prioritizing. I'm a lot better with saying no, not no completely, but hey, maybe in the future I can I can do this. Or is there something maybe smaller I can do to still be a part of your mission or to help out? Um, you know, so find a different ways that maybe you can do what you want to do, but maybe you can also kind of take a step back as well. But um, definitely, like I said, around maybe it was about five years ago, I really was like, okay, it's really time to start really looking at yourself and realizing how you can be that better you and that self-care truly important. For sure. I love that you brought that up. 
And, you know, it's funny because, well, not funny, but it, it's kind of a sad reality that we, we often start like realize and like wake up and start taking care of ourselves or do whatever it is that we've been neglecting when we were kind of like at our lowest in regards to how we feel. Um, but you know what? Better late than never. Yeah, well, exactly. And that's kind of what I thought too. I'm like, okay. And I think that was the other thing too. Like probably like, you know, early thirties, like I feel like in my twenties, I was still really trying to discover who I was. Um, I got married early on, literally right out of college at 21. I had my daughter at 23. So, you know, I feel like just in the whole 20s, like it was just about for me, or at least how it turned out for me, you know, I got married early, I had kids. And you're just worried about that. And you're not really thinking, okay, who who am I really? And I think it finally in those early years of my 30s, I was finally like, okay, like, who are you, Andrea? And I finally feel like I'm trying, I'm really finding myself now. And that just feels really good. And I'm like, now that I hit 40, I'm like, you know what? I'm who I am and that's okay. And I just, I love myself so much more now probably than I did, you know, in my twenties, but it takes time to get there. For sure. Yeah. Everything is work, you know? Yeah, absolutely. But you can do it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) For sure. Um, So speaking of, you know, being a mother, how do you balance motherhood with a career? That's one thing. It's crazy. I'll be honest. I mean, I literally um, got a three month planning calendar recently that is on my board. Everyone is color coded, has their schedules of who needs to be where. Um, But somehow you just do it. And I'm really lucky, too, that my husband is an incredible support system for me. And he's really believed in everything that I, I'm doing. And so we really do a great job of, of balancing everything. So from, you know, who needs to be at work first or who needs to go to doctor's appointments? Where can we jump in? Where can we find time? Um, and it's, you know, definitely something that's not easy, but, it, it, you know, we make it work. And I think that's the most important thing, you know, and there are times where it's, you know, crazy and we've got to call on friends or ask someone, hey, can you pick someone up and can you help us get, you know, so that's the other thing too, Um, not being afraid to ask for help. I feel like so many times I was just, I was so scared that somebody was going to look at me and think, oh my gosh, you know, this, this mom, she's working full time. She can't do this. Like that kind of reflected poorly on me, but then realizing that sometimes, you know what, it's okay to ask for help. It's okay for someone to go and to pick up somebody um, and, and to help you out. So that's really another thing too that I think's been really key in all of that. Yes, how much I love this. You are sharing so many words of wisdom. Seriously, <laughs> this is great. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And by the way, speaking of working full time, you start work really early, right? Well, I do. And that's the thing. I usually up at about 530 in the morning. And so right now with everything that's been going on, it's been, I have a whole setup at home now, which has been amazing. So I'll come downstairs and I will get the show completely ready and set to go. Uh, And that's the other thing. My son gets on the bus literally at 815. I'm about probably 15 minutes away from the station. So literally I will do my morning stuff, get everything situated, quickly get him ready for school, get him on the school bus out the door. And I'm in the vehicle. As soon as that bus leaves, I am right off to the station. And then I turn around and then our show starts right at 9am. So it's, it's been quite a balance of that. So I'm up early, I'm moving around, getting stuff ready. And yeah. Wow. Wow. Are you a morning person? I am a morning person. I am. I've always, always been a morning person. That's the other thing my mom jokes about too. Like when she was up, I was always up and ready to go. And, but of course my brother totally the opposite. Like not like me by any means, but I've always been a morning person. 
It's so funny. I'm so not, I'll be honest with you. Like, <laughs> like even being ready like for your show, like what what was it? Like nine like whenever you sent me the timetables, I'm like nine something. Like please do later, please do later. <laughs> oh, I know, I know. And I think too, that's why I've always been intrigued with the morning shows. Um, I've done, you know, I started producing a behind the scenes. I started doing um, evenings and everything like that, which was fine. But when it really came down to it, I just, I love the morning news. I love the combination that you can have a little more good humor and more lifestyle to it, community aspects of it. So it's always kind of, I think that personality of mine is really always filtered in <laughs> to, to being part of the morning crew. Yeah. Right. For sure. Well, that's awesome. Yeah. I'm always like so wowed by people who are morning people because I just cannot relate. <laughs> <laughs> but so let's backtrack a little bit we, we spoke a little bit about when you were in college and talking about you know fitting into a specific box could you share the story with our listeners yeah so actually before I um, was even behind the scenes I wanted to be a meteorologist and so that's actually what my my minor is um, my minors for college. And um, so I was on the campus station and, and doing everything. So I was creating demo tapes, essentially, um, for going out and actually finding a job as a meteorologist. And one of my professors uh, kept telling me that your look will not get you where you need to go. You need to have the really thin, straight hair. You can't have your curly hair. It was almost like he was telling me I had to fit a certain mold to be on TV. And I think the one person I always kind of wanted to emulate at that point was kind of Katie Couric, that short little bob, that really straight hair. And so, you know, what are you going to do at that point? I mean, do you, do you hang back or do you say, okay, I'm going to try to, to fit the mold and still in college, like I was saying, you're still trying to figure out who you are at that point. Um, and I probably, I, I don't, I definitely was not strong enough to say, Hey, like I want my curly hair and that's who I'm going to be. So I went and I cut it short. I had it straightened, did all sorts of carotene, you know, treatments to kind of keep it straight. So I wasn't having to, to use all the hot iron tools every single day. Um, but by the time I got to my senior year, I had really destroyed my hair, just trying to create that look. And I remember I finally ended up having to just like chop it all off and have short curly hair for the summer. Um, so looking at that picture, like I had a picture of myself, you know, with that and looking at that picture and I'm like, oh my gosh, like you did all of that just to try to fit this mold and this, this look, you know, that was said that you had to fit to do that. And I sometimes wonder if part of that was the reason why I went behind the scenes. Well, then part of me at the same time knows that I think I am a better writer and I am a better producer and a leader. So maybe that wouldn't have done anything or meant anything in the long run. Um, but just something always in the back of my head, I think I, I always remember. So, you know, thank goodness we've come, you know, a long way in the last 20 years and to see, you know, more, you know, um, well, women and anchors and everyone on TV with the curly hair. It's yeah. like I cheer them on. And I am just so thankful that finally, you know, that, that we can be who we are. We can leave the curls in and that's acceptable and that's OK. For sure. Yeah. It's so sad that you felt like you had to, you know, change who you were essentially. Yeah. Yeah. It was really hard. And like I said, I, I felt like I just had to do it. Like I didn't have a choice kind of is how I felt like it was like, okay, you're going to create these demo tapes. This is how you're going to, you're potentially you're going to get jobs or you're going to have news directors view these tapes and see you. And I just felt like, okay, well, that's what I've got to do if I've got to do it and I'll do it. 
Um, but like I said, looking back, I'm like, man, like I wish, I wish I didn't, but you know, that's just kind of the time that it was, you know, 20 plus years, you know, 20 years ago. So, yeah. Right. Yeah. It's true that things have really changed. Now we're all about diversity and accepting who we are, especially as women and, you know, the body image stuff. So I, it's, it's crazy that, you know, it's changed so drastically within the past 20, less than 20 years, really. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And just probably within the last even five years, I would say, you know, we've really, you know, started to kind of see things change and shift around a little bit. And it's just, it's, it's time, you know, it's been way too long where we felt like we've had to fit this mold, you know, to be able to, to do what we do. And, um, you know, even too, like, just even, you know, trying to, you know, keep yourself slender too, because that was the other thing, like it always says the camera adds, you know, like five, five to 10 pounds. So always feeling, you know, kind of conscious of, of that too, making sure that you also fit that, that mold too, you know, and obviously too, sometimes viewers, they can be harsh. Um, so, you know, you never know, you know, what, as someone that's on air, um, you know, what your viewers are going to say to you. It feels like they nitpick every, you know, for someone that's on air and nitpick every little thing and, and send stuff. And, um, and, you know, after a while, it's like, I think sometimes people are like, okay, like, I'm just going to ignore it and I'm just going to be me now, you know? So it's, it's very interesting too, just how that can be too. Right. Well, so viewers will actually like email the anchors and say stuff like that. They will. They will. The, they they just, you know, will be like, why, why'd you wear your hair this way that, you know, today or that dress doesn't look good on you. I mean, so, so to think, right. And to think like, oh my gosh, like, you know, you're not in their shoes. You don't, you know, into, you know, we're essentially like putting ourselves out there. And so, like I said, after, you know, the last couple of years, just to see people being more accepted for who they are, being able to wear the curls and not have to feel like you have to straighten your hair and all that crazy yeah. stuff. It's, it's, you know, I feel like we're making progress. Not perfect, but making progress. For sure. And do you, I just thought of something. Do you think that this applies to men as well? Or do you think that it's the women who only have this pressure? Honestly, it's, I think it's more pressure for the women, but there are certain in return for the guys too, where someone will, you know, comment, you know, why was your hair this way? Or <laughs> why are you wearing that tie with that outfit? Um, I, I do think the guys get it, but I don't think it's as often as, as the women do. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So what, what's it like being a female producer in TV? Because I know that most, I mean, actually, I shouldn't say I know anything because I really don't, but I always thought that it's more <laughs> of a male-dominated industry or career. Uh, that's the interesting part. The behind the scenes for me, the more that I think about it, more of my producer colleagues were actually female. And I think the reason for that is we kind of always had... Um, kind of a, a, I don't know, kind of a way to, to depict who our viewer was. And we always used to say, okay, most of our main viewers looking at the different ratings and the different charts are between X, Y, and Z age. So looking at more like maybe 30 to like 50 and really narrowing it down to most of our viewers are women, women with children. So who are you going to put in that producer role that knows a, a woman and child better right. than a female? So I think in retrospect, that's probably, and that's why a lot of, 
you know, my colleagues were all female was because we knew who our viewer was and we knew what things they would be interested in when it came to community events for their kids, when it came to health of their kids, safety of their kids, all of that kind of fit that role model of who we were presenting the news to. So was it, I think more male dominant would be like more of the hosts, um, more of those on the anchor desk, I think were more of those, you know, the male dominant, but at least when I was around most of my colleagues in that producer role, we were, we were all female, but I think that kind of speaks to, um, you know, the fact that, they they knew who you know their audience was and that we were a part of that so right that makes total sense it's like market research who knows their audience better than if they're like you right. then that makes total sense right exactly you know at least that was something i think that was you know that that was in the back of their mind um absolutely we have you know male producers that that come in and 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 they they're, they work out great and everything's fine and it's not a problem but I always remember that was kind of one like we even used to have like little stickers of like a mom on our computer asking like different questions and things just to remind us okay who is our audience who are we trying to speak to um so that was one thing like for us that was really you know key in demographics and everything yeah okay yeah that makes total sense so yeah. interesting hearing the behind the scenes. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's very cool. Yeah. Um, so did you start as, as a like associate producer and then you moved yourself up? So I started out actually, uh, my first job right out of college was in Battle Creek for WOTV. And at that point, I was an assignment editor on the weekends and did a little bit of, of writing and producing. Um, and then from there, I ended up going to South Bend for a few years, and that's where I officially got my full-time job as a news producer. So I started out on the news side, um, was there for about four to five years, and then came up here to Grand Rapids, um, where I got my job uh, producing again on the news side and everything. Um, so I've kind of, you know, done that for a while. And finally, um, for the Fox affiliate here, they started the morning show while I was here. So I was able to kind of change my role a little bit to where I was on the assignment desk, but also booking guests and everything like that as, as part of that role, essentially was still writing things. Um, and then when the morning mix started, was it like six years ago now, um, being more of that, the client-based show, more lifestyle show. Um, I knew right away that that, that show was, I needed, to, <laughs> I needed to have that show. I wanted to start that show. Um, and so then I took that over officially as the executive producer. So when it comes down to it, I feel like I've done a little bit of everything like in the newsroom. Like I've been on air a little bit with some segments that I've done. Um, like I said, producer, assistant producers, been my main role. I've, I come in, I'll run the teleprompter if I teleprompter, if I need to, if I need to move a camera for someone, I'll help with that. Um, I think the one thing like professionally that I haven't done has been, I don't think I've, I haven't directed a show yet. I did in high school, but when I, you know, professionally outside, that's probably the one thing I haven't done yet. So okay. other than that, I feel like I've dabbled in a little bit of everything. So interesting. Yeah, yeah. It's a, it sounds like it. So there, is there always a teleprompter? There is. There's always somebody that will run it, run the, the screen or the words that, that roll up. Yeah, for the anchors. And so there are times when I've like jumped in real quick <laughs> or helped out or something like that too. So, so um, interesting. Yeah. So wherever I've, I'm, I'm needed, I kind of like, okay, I'll, I'll help you out for a few minutes. And yeah, so. Right. That's so cool. So I know you mentioned that it's super fast paced. Is it also stressful or 
Do you keep the stress to a minimum? There are definitely some days that can definitely be more stressful um, for us when uh, COVID hit. So back um, March of 2020, we actually decided as a station that we were going to put our lifestyle show on hold for a little bit because um, we didn't know where things were going at that point. And we all ended up actually jumping back to the news department to to help and be an extra like, you know, staff members at that point. Um, and it's definitely there are times when it's definitely stressful. You have so many calls that are coming in. You're making phone calls to try to connect um, reporters and anchors to, to different people that they can get in touch with. Um, so there's there's definitely moments of stress, definitely moments of, of long hours, early mornings, late nights. Um, but I think when it comes down to it, we always want to have each other's back. We all know, you know what it's like to be in this industry. And so we'll, we'll help where we, where we can and where we need to be. Yeah. No, that makes total sense. Yeah. So do you have any advice for anyone who would want to, especially a woman who wants to enter the TV industry behind the scenes or as an anchor even? Best thing I can say is definitely the hands-on experience. Um, don't feel like the, you know, you need to, you know, textbooks and things like that. Like really Find someone that can answer your questions for you. I know, you know, a lot of stations will do internships and if they don't do internships, they can at least guide you to someone that could help or, or be of interest. But it's really jumping in, getting the hands on experience, asking lots of questions, um, sometimes being willing to, to make a mistake that will make you better um, and just really learning from what other people are doing and, and really being that hands-on experience. I feel like in our industry, is just is so important um, for what we do. Right. Is there a degree that they have to get or just a hands-on? Uh, that's the thing. Most people will come out of college with a degree in communications um, is really what they'll have. And then as far as, you know, anything else, minors is awesome. We've got people with history minors. I mean, all sorts of things that political science, things that truly will filter in, you know, and help them, you know, in their news careers and everything like that is kind of what we uh, mostly see. But, you know, there are some people that have just, you know, been in the industry, whether it's maybe by, um, you know, radio too, and they may not have a full degree, but yet they've got that hands-on experience that can kind of, um, take place of having that full degree too. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. yeah, that's that makes total sense. By the way, is your husband also in the industry? For some reason, I thought he was. He is. So John, well, he actually that was everything. He um, ended up being a meteorologist. So he was on air. He uh, actually started out. That's how he's originally from the Kalamazoo area and did radio on Cozy ninety eight three for the longest time too. It was kind of his weekend job, um, and wanted to do weather. So he is also was also in the business. He left it about five years ago, and he is now. Um, went and switched to a marketing director at the Salvation Army Croc Center here in Grand Rapids. So um, that was another thing. The two of us both being in the industry, um, there were times when it was definitely crazy. Um, we were literally shifts in the night. There are times when I had overnight shifts and he'd work during the day and we would just be like, like, hi, bye. Like, <laughs> that was probably the first literally two years of our marriage. It was crazy. crazy. Yeah. <laughs> right. I, I thought I saw that he, because he... I figured that he was a, some sort of public figure because I saw that he had like a verified check mark, right? Yeah, yeah, he's got that. He's got that check mark, whether he wants it now or not. He's got it. <laughs> Could you get that, by the way? Could you get the check mark? Good question. I don't know. 
I should find out. <laughs> maybe, maybe I'm making progress. I'll have to see. I think I need more people. That's my problem. <laughs> more likes. I got to work on that. <laughs> I don't know. Who knows how Instagram, you know, the fact is good. No, I know. It changes. I feel like daily there's new things. <laughs> yeah, literally. It's crazy. <laughs> I know it. Yeah, trust me. Like, especially when you're using it, like, as your business, for your business, you know, as a tool, um, it's crazy. You have to always keep up with it because you never know. Like, Well, I know. And I think that's part of my problem is I do so much of it for work and trying to keep on top of that with you know, help from my assistants and everything that by the time it comes for me to actually like, you know, take care of my stuff. I think sometimes I'm just like, okay, like I'm done with social media for the day. I need a break. And then I just kind of like leave it. So maybe that, needs, maybe that needs to be a goal for my like, you know, next two years is to try to like adjust my social media and fix it up a little bit. <laughs> I like it. I like it. Cause it's like, it's very personal. It's yeah. your kids, your family. Yeah. That's what people love love seeing. I mean, that's literally the point of your social media for someone like you, you know? Right. Exactly. And to connect. And I still have lots of family that's out of state and everything. So for them to still see the kids growing and what we're up to, I know that's, you know, really important part of that too for us. So, yeah. yeah. You know, I just thought of something. I would love to know what is something that you would, you want people to know about you as a producer? Um, like when they're contacting you, let's say, or speaking with you, is there anything that you want or are there any misconceptions that you want to kind of get rid of or anything that you want to just share? Um, I don't mind people. I think I, um, I talked to somebody recently and I said the best way I think to still get a hold of us is by sending emails um, because those go to us directly. So that's probably number one, the easiest thing. I always say too to make sure to personalize it. If you're just sending something that's like, hi, and you leave you know, a blank spot or you don't personalize it, I feel like there's a lot of times where I just may, I get so many emails a day that I might just delete it, whether I do it on purpose or not. But if it's not personalized, I feel like that helps. Um, also too, just making sure that, you know, the way to contact you, you know, between email, phone number, you've got a couple of ways that we can get in touch with you because a lot of the times, at least News, they do, you know, daily turns where they may get in contact with you that day. Um, for my lifestyle stuff, I'm a little more, you know, spread out and book, you know, at least, you know, a few weeks in advance. But there are definitely times where we have a spot that all of a sudden becomes open. So being willing to just, you know, jump in or maybe adjust your schedule by a few minutes to help us on that end. Um, and the other thing, too, when sending your email, just make sure to send a couple of pictures if it's an event or anything that can kind of go along with it. Some pictures, some video link. Um, so kind of, you know, it doesn't have to be like a, a full blown press kit, but just something that does provide some imagery if need be, because I think some people forget sometimes that we are a, a visual medium. Um, and so any kind of imaging uh, really does help segments. So the more we kind of have already from you. Uh, the easier it is for us to kind of put the segments together and, and to get everything kind of detailed out as well. So, yeah. yeah, it makes total sense. And I love how you said about personalizing it, because I think that people don't realize or I mean, they know, obviously, we all right. know this, but, you know, p journalists, um, TV producers, everyone in the media they're all human. You're human, just like right. us. And right. Exactly. We we are human. We, you know, we, we want to get to know you too. And that's the other thing that I love about my job is I truly love to get to know every single person that I'm working with. 
You know, I don't want them to just be another name or another face in my email. Like I want to have a personal connection with them. You know, I want to know what they've done over their weekend. I want to be able to connect with them too. And I just think that makes the relationships that much stronger. So if I do, that's another thing. If I do end up having an empty spot throughout the week, I'd be like, okay, like I know so-and-so has this topic covered. I'm going to go and email them right away. And you're right in like the back of my mind being like, I, I know what they do. So by building a stronger relationship, you know, between the two of us, it's, it's huge. For sure. Yeah. And I feel that I, I definitely do. Yeah. It's like, my, I had a question <laughs> coming with TV, which I'll ask you after, but and my dad was like, why don't you ask your friend, the producer? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's just like about, you know, developing a relationship to the extent that like you like you feel like you know someone and it's not all about being a producer. It's about or my professional, you know, uh, career. It's it's about just at a personal level. Exactly. Connection. Yeah. 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 And to just to knowing who you're talking to and it's still, you know, knowing the audience and, and things sure. like that. And so, like I said, I, I love that's my thing. I love I love getting to know people. I love um just you know granted you're here in Grand Rapids but I love getting to know people like all around the world and that's just that's just super cool something that I also you know really like and really enjoy and that gives me the opportunity to do it too so for sure yeah totally so let me ask you the question that I ask everyone at the end which is what is something that you hope the next generation of women won't have to struggle with you know it kind of comes back to that whole thing with just I think for me it's body image um, I don't want them to have to feel like they have to struggle or they have to look a certain way. I want them to just know just being who they are, being comfortable in their own skin, loving who they are. That's just like the most important thing that I want for them. I want them to know that they are just they are loved through and through. They don't need to change. They don't need to do anything to themselves to try to feel like they have to reach certain standards or they have to 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 be like anybody else. They just being who you are is enough. Believing in yourself is enough. Um, and being able to to also pass that message along to your friends, to other people you know, um, to also be there for somebody else. So if you can be yourself, you can be strong, you can hold your head up high, um, then then you can definitely be a role model for other people and just keep that, you know, moving forward and just knowing that you don't have to look a certain way. You don't need to feel like you need to match the mold or or anything like that. Absolutely. Yes, I hope so, too. I really do. OK, so where can people find you if they want to learn more about you? <sighs> Personally, I would say, you know what, I will give you my Instagram. I feel like my Instagram is kind of probably my most up-to-date or even my Facebook. They can find me. They can ask questions. It's all good. So I also know it's up your way. <laughs> and they could watch your, your your show online, right? They don't have to. Yes. Have so fox17morningmix.com. Um, you can go and you can yeah, you get streams. Everything should be there right at the top of the, the page so they can watch the show and and from there, you know, ask questions also to like my email, if they have questions to you, like I said, it's, you know, asking me questions. And if I don't get back right away, don't be offended. Like I said, I get tons of emails a day. So but I, well, I, I will get back. <laughs> <laughs> okay, thank you so much, Andrea, for joining me. This was so nice, full of such great information. I'm excited for people to listen. Get to know no, you. well, thank you for, so much for asking me to do this. I really appreciate it. This has been a lot of fun. Like I said, I really don't get to tell my story of, you know, how I got to where I'm at. So thank you. 
You can follow along Andrea's journey and learn more about her on her Instagram at Andrea M. Shainer, A-N-D-R-E-A-M-S-H-A-N-E-R. You can also watch some segments from the show on fox17morningmix.com. That's all for tonight. Thanks so much for listening. Connect with us on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok at Carmela Cosmetics. That's Carmela with a K. And on our website, CarmelaCosmetics.com. If there's a woman in your life whose story needs to be heard, send me a message to let me know who she is and why she means so much to you. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a review. We'd love to hear from you. We'd love to know your thoughts. We want you to feel heard. 